That's no moon. You may fire when ready. I've got a bad feeling about this. I am altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. You must unlearn what you have there. You felt a great disturbance in the force. I suggest a new strategy, Art. You underestimate the power of the dark side. Hey everybody, this is Nova Mortis. We are back for another hashtag Enjoy Star Wars Responsibly. We are talking about Star Wars collectibles. And as always, we have our number one best in the West. Actually, she's not in the West, but she's still the best. <laughs> Jen, Leo, how you doing, Jen? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? We are fantastic. I'm fantastic. The whole world is fantastic. I don't know how much more excited I can be. We've got a lot to talk about. We gave each other uh, a little assignment over the break uh, in between episodes, but uh, I think it's something that I would have done anyways. Uh, I love hunting for bargains i love uh star wars thrifting and if you guys want to show us some of your treasures that you found uh, during in between episodes use the hashtag star wars thrift and we will check it out and mention it on the show i hear you uh, had a little adventure on on your assignment what uh, what'd you find jen well, I kind of crashed and burned a little bit on it, but I did find um, a Mighty Mugs Chewbacca complete with his crossbow. And it's not the new Mighty Mugs where you push on the head and the face changes. It's one of the old ones. Are those, I'm not familiar with the Mighty Mugs. Is that uh, similar to the Funko Pops? How are they structured? How is that? Uh... Well, they kind of have, um, the heads are in relation, size relation to the body. They're kind of like little figures more, or they're pretty big, kind of chubby figures. Not so much a tiny little body, big head. Um, they're kind of nice looking, actually. I don't know why they changed the Mighty Mugs over to the ones that they are making now, where you push on the head and the face expression changes. Very cool. It sounds, uh, sounds interesting. I was able to find, uh, like, a couple of days ago, I had tweeted out, uh, if, if you're not finding any Star Wars items at a thrift store, you're not looking hard enough. But I know uh, there are some limitations based on uh, geographical location. Is that correct? Yes. Um, it really depends on where you live. If you're looking for toys, um, things like that, not necessarily old stuff, it's easier to find it in larger areas. Let's see. Somebody had... Uh, so I, I tweeted... Um, one of the things that I found was uh, it was a toy that was made for younger audiences, younger collectors. It's a Y-Wing from uh, my local Goodwill. And uh, it was really nice. It was missing. Uh, no, it wasn't missing anything. But uh, you can kind of put a droid in the slot in the back there. And uh, when you live in a big city like, like I do here in Chicago, there's a whole you know, different selection of thrift stores that I can um, the, go to. And, and like I said, I find uh, nine times out of 10, I find something Star Wars related. I also found a uh, probably from the same collection because they looked very babyish. Uh, the Y-Wing and uh, an AT-AT with, uh, that still had the sound in the head. It was missing the legs and missing the the top hatch i think i would have picked it up if it had the legs i i think i probably would have as well and i'm very jealous of that y-wing that you said you found yeah it's it's re like i said it's really nice it didn't it didn't seem like it had anything missing and uh again probably from the same line of toys they looked very you know kind of preschoolish, but uh but they were fantastic they were great let's see margie c was the person that uh 
commented on not finding as many Star Wars items as, as she'd like. And uh, you responded accordingly uh, with what you just said. But yeah, there's always something somewhere. But you got to, like you said in our last uh, podcast, you got to really search and, and dig, right? Yes, you do. Um, there's times I go and I don't find a single thing. Sometimes I find things I don't want or things that are so incomplete or broken that it's not worth it. But I go probably to each thrift store in my neighborhood probably about once a week at least and i'm looking for other things as well i I collect other things so oh what kind of other things do you collect jen i collect antiques uh, mostly costume jewelry i have a huge costume jewelry collection going all the way back to the mid 1850s to now oh wow it gets hard to find certain things after a while and i need to always be looking for something so if I can't find Star Wars, I switch back over to costume jewelry and vice versa. I could talk for days about costume jewelry. My favorite ones, though, are the ones that I find in bags of junk, where you find a solid gold Victorian brooch in a, a bag of um, Mardi Gras beads for $3. Those are my favorites. Nice, nice. And do you have them displayed like you have uh, Star Wars stuff? How do you display them? Right now, so much of it is packed away. Um, I had an illness several years ago, and I kind of packed everything up, and I haven't gotten back around to unpacking it. Star Wars is sort of encroaching on the jewelry territory, so I'm not sure how that's going to work out. (laughs) That's funny. You know, getting back to uh, collecting, you know, there was somebody online that was talking about collections and the collectors and the different stages of collecting. Uh, somebody had mentioned that, uh, I guess, I, I, I consider myself original uh, trilogy, uh, original trilogy lover. I've been collecting since I was seven years old, you know, from when my parents bought me Star Wars toys till, you know, now in my adulthood, I buy them myself and uh, I collect them. But there, uh, somebody had uh, pointed out the fact that the new generation of Star Wars fans might not be as loyal throughout the decades as someone like like me, per se, have been uh, collecting things throughout the 40 years plus Star Wars has been ex- in existence. Do you feel that that's an accurate characterization of, of the new collector? Not really. Um Obviously, the younger you are, the less time you've had. A lot of people have not just had the time. They weren't around when the original trilogy or the prequels were even around. So they just, there's no way to see if they're going to stick around or not. I think a lot of people will in the future. I think it's like any kind of collecting. You will get a group of people who stick with it and you will get people who will fall by the wayside. We had mentioned that uh, it's still kind of early on, you know, the, the I guess the sequel trilogies have, uh, you know, a few years ahead of them to kind of establish their, you know, their foothold in, in, in the market. But, you know, obviously for guys like us. And here's the other thing, too. You know, collectors like myself, we see a vintage action figure and we go goo-goo over it. But a lot of companies are coming out with brand new items still based on the original trilogy. You've got brand new Bandai or Bandai uh, action figures, uh, vinyl figures of Obi-Wan Kenobi, Stormtroopers, Darth Vader. And those characters are still going strong, even though the trilogies have been, you know, long, you know, they're behind us. It's something I think that appeals to the older collector because they are representations of, of characters that we know and love, right? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it, it also draws... Um parents and children together to collect because there's something for the parents who remember the original trilogy or the um, 
the prequels as it may be and they can bring the kids in with um, other things like star wars rebels it's um there's just so many things out there right now that that are uh, Good for collecting for all ages. You know, that's great that you mentioned that. Star Wars is a generational thing. It's it's shareable with your family. Obviously, growing up with Star Wars and then having a child of my own, I shared uh, the love of uh, Clone Wars when it came out. We watched Rebels all the seasons. So it's something that it's shareable. And then somebody on uh, one of our followers, Maria Down in the Valley, shout yes. out. Yes, yes. You know, she shares Star Wars by having the family uh, enjoy putting together Lego pieces and play sets. And that's fantastic. Uh, Maria, I love that uh, ad ad. It's uh, it's very, very cool. Yeah. So that's, that's great that families are getting together and, and having uh, able to share Star Wars is just a great, great, wonderful way to share. Yeah. And there's, there's also different levels of collecting. You have kids who just want to play with the toys who want to maybe get every single toy and have a collection that way, but they're going to play with them. They're going to use them all the way up to people who never take things out of the package and want a complete set. So I think there's room for everybody. And at some point the kids will get tired of their things and those might end up in the hands of collectors. Probably not because most of this new stuff, there's a lot of it, but, um, there's there's just a, a, a lot of options available. Getting back to a, an overproduction of, of figures, I think, you know, back when episode one came out, I still see a lot of Phantom Menace action figures still in the box. I see a lot of Jar Jar Binks. I see a lot of, uh, you know, droid uh, action figures that are still in the box. Yeah, they, they overproduced. And obviously, when the movies first came out, nobody knew there was going to be a hit. So they didn't uh, they didn't make as much as 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 they have done so for the uh the what is the prequel trilogy but uh, like i said i still see a lot of episode one stuff still in boxes yeah i come across that too and it's kind of odd to me because i think the episode one figures the um what were they three and a quarter inch they seem a little smaller but um those figures were so nicely detailed and they had fabric and movable joints like the black series does but for much smaller figures. So I'm, I'm just surprised to see them because they're really nice. And obviously as technology uh, toy, I guess toy making technology, is that a thing? As, as, <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. As, as it progresses, uh, the toys get uh, a lot more intricate, the joints. I mean, obviously you're, you're familiar with the original Star Wars action figures. They couldn't move a lot. You can just, uh, they're what, one, two, two. If you, if you don't count the neck, what is that? Four points of articulation. And now with the- Yes. Yes. Next series figures you can. I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of collectors. Um, uh, Black series photography is just amazing. Have you seen some of those online? Yes, I follow a couple of people on Instagram, and uh, they have the most amazing things, uh, images. All you need are the right lights and the right figure and the right setup, and it looks real. But you do have to do a little bit of work on the figures, I think. You can uh, see plastic seams and, thing, you know, you have to sand things down and, and repaint a few things to make them look a little more real. But uh, it's incredible work. I know, it is. And uh, some of the images that are captured, you know, a lot of these guys use uh, sparklers and uh, smoke in the foreground. And it's just sometimes I, I look at these, uh, these pictures and I'm like, wow, it's, it's hard to believe. 
Yeah, they're really great. They're sometimes even better than um, what the uh, Star Wars people actually put out. So. Yeah, yeah, I would love to see who does this, the action figures now, Hasbro. I would love to yes. see Hasbro uh, hire one of these photographers for their uh, their cover art, their boxes. That would be an amazing thing. Oh, that that would be really nice. I think the toy manufacturers tend to hire somebody who can photograph the toy such that kids don't get their expectations up about it. It still has to look like the toy you're going to get. So I think, unfortunately, unless it's a drawing of the character or something like that, the actual toy itself is never going to look that good. That's all due to uh, lawyers doing their jobs. Probably, probably. Um <laughs> There's there's always way, the expectations are always ridiculous. I, I When my husband was um, quite a young kid, they had these tennis shoes, and in the ad it showed that you could jump over a eight-foot fence with these tennis shoes, and my husband, as a six-year-old or whatever, was convinced that these tennis shoes would make him do that. And um, he got them and were, was very disappointed that they didn't. So there is a little something to it, but... Um, little disclaimer, yeah. Mm -hmm. We uh, we asked a couple of folks to send in some audio clips uh, describing their favorite toy. And for all you guys, thank you very much for for uh, submitting. We've got the um, the guys over at Blue Bantha Milk, uh, their podcast, lovely uh, podcast. They uh, submitted uh, or he submitted a uh, an audio clip of what his favorite toy is. What do you think his favorite toy was? Is it Bantha related? It is not Bantha related, but uh, you would think it was Bantha related, but it's not. It's uh, we'll uh, we'll take a listen to what his favorite uh, toy is, and and it it is. It's one of those toys that, um, unlike or no, very like the the Millennium Falcon when that for that toy first came out. It was probably the biggest toy of the line at that time, and uh, I remember talking to the junk man about this. Uh, in an earlier podcast, it was a whopping thirty dollars, which was uh, which was a lot of money uh, for for a toy. But it was a really large spaceship that uh, every kid had to have. That's pretty amazing. I still yeah, can't but, quite uh, guess which one. It, there's a couple of things I'm thinking it might be, but I'm not a hundred percent. Let's take a listen and see what Blue Bantha Milk has to say about what his favorite toy is. Here we go. Join me. Together, we can rule the galaxy as father and son. But I was going into Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. Hi there, my name is Matt, and I run the Blue Bantha Milk Co. YouTube channel. Uh, you can find me by searching Blue Bantha Milk Co. Uh, on YouTube, or you can find me at Blue Bantha Milk on Twitter, or Blue Bantha Milk Co. on Facebook. Um, my favorite absolute favorite uh, collectible from all of the Star Wars universe and all of the many, many things that I've had uh, over the years is Shuttle Tiderium. Uh, it's the large scale vehicle that fit uh, two action figures, two of the original sized action figures in the pilot's uh, area, had an opening side, um, a little uh, button that let the wings collapse down. Uh, and had I remember the landing uh, pegs or the legs, I guess, um, and a little uh, a little battery compartment at the back. So where the stickers um, for like the the rear 
uh, engines would be. There was, uh, you could flip it down and you could put, I think it was four or six D batteries or C batteries in there and then clip it back on. There was a little button. Um, and when you push that, it made kind of like the, I don't know, actually know what sound it was meant to make. Was it the, was it meant to be a laser sound or was it meant to be like a landing sound? It really was just like an electronic squeal. I don't know. It was like, Neeh. It was my favorite toy. Um, I still have it. It's uh, covered in a bag and it's in the floor of a cupboard somewhere at my parents' house. Yeah, I mean, look, I loved Return of the Jedi. I liked, I liked this toy the most uh, when I was a kid because, you know, it was my favorite movie and it's one of the first images you see. So whenever I saw it, I thought of the movie and, you know, all the emotional warm and fuzzies came up um, because of it. But also it was the one toy I could put it on something and just look at it and observe it and kind of appreciate it. Whereas all the other like smaller vehicles, you know, you have to pick them up and play with them. They fit easily in one hand. Um, the Ewok playset was all about, or the Ewok village playset, play I should say, uh, is all about, you know, being very active with it. I think it was probably an indicator of the type of collecting that I would like to do later on in life. Maybe not toys that you actively play with, but things that you can look at and appreciate and love. That's it. That's my favorite. I absolutely love it. I still love it. I'm really glad that mum never, you know, gave it away or anything like that. And uh, yeah, thanks. Wow, that's fantastic! I love that toy. I also I didn't have it, but uh, I knew uh, a friend of mine that did have it. And between me and 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 his uh, shuttle and the Millennium Falcon, we had a really good time uh, playing with our action figures. Thank you, Blue Bantha Milk. If you are not familiar with uh, his podcast, please check him out. He is all over the place. Yeah, that's great. I never knew anybody that had the shuttle. Um, it's it's such a nicely designed ship. It's it's almost straight from uh, Ralph McQuarrie's drawings. But I never knew anybody that had that one. Yeah, it's such an elegant, elegantly designed uh, ship. The wings, and I uh, recently I saw somebody somebody had a drone of it, uh, which God take my money. It was fantastic. <laughs> yes, I yeah. can. Yeah, I could see that. We want to also uh, do a little giveaway. Um, the last giveaway that we did, and I tried it. What, what did what did I do? I tried giving away that Funko Pop Ray action figure. What two, three times? Yes, yes, you did. What is it with? Does do uh, are Funko Pops like a thing now, or is it? Uh, did everybody everybody's done with those? I think they're all sort of Funkoed out. Um, you can if you go to uh, well that picture you showed me of the comic shop you visited. There's just Hundreds of them everywhere, and, and that's how a lot of people display their Funko Pops. I mean, I the, I see more Funko Pops on shelves in the boxes, and I know that's like sacrilege to you, but then, then <laughs> don't uh, people don't don't take them out of the box? Well, I take pretty much everything out of the box, so um, I expect a thank you from everyone who keeps things boxed because I'm raising the value of your your collectibles by doing that 
I just, uh, for me, keeping stuff in the box, unless the packaging is interesting, I, I just would rather have it out. Thanks to Amish B Machine, who uh, kind of submitted that question, our Funko Pops uh, figures played out. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, but you know what? They, they keep making more of them. And with every franchise, uh, we get more Funko Pops. So I'm not sure if they're completely, uh, out. Well, Funko has kind of changed, um, the way that they're going, or they're going to be changing the way that they did business. They used to have that bi-monthly smugglers box. And I believe they had some other bi-monthly boxes like that were a subscription service and it was really nice because you just paid for the year and every two months you had Funko products show up. Now they're going to go directly to stores, mass marketers. So if they have an exclusive, I don't know if you're going to have to run around to a million stores trying to find it or what, but um, I know some people were not real happy about that. Like I said, I, mean, I was trying to give away that Funko Pop Ray for the longest time. And uh, I'm sure you saw the picture, that little girl dressed as Ray. Yes, she was adorable. And uh, yeah, so we, we gave that, we finally gave that away. And I hope she is enjoying it. Uh, I think uh, the user's name was Travis. I think it's Travis's daughter. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, yeah, it's uh, fantastic. So I got... Uh, the story with those Funko Pops, when my buddies and I went to go see The Last Jedi, I bought three Funko Pops to give away during um, a dinner live of social media, like Blitz. No one answered any questions correctly. I think everybody was uh, a drunk. So... <laughs> <laughs> last Funko Pop that I have to give away and um, I'm going to ask you to uh, please be calm because it is none other than a Poe Dameron action figure from Funko Pop. What do you think about that? I think that's fantastic. We're going to have a little contest uh, for you. Uh, for those of you that are listening, uh, get your pen and paper out, uh, pencils, drawing. We uh, we want to be able to feature some uh, Star Wars artists. Uh, even if you're not officially an artist, I think it would be a great idea. What do you think, uh, what, what can we ask uh, the artists to to do for, for this giveaway, Jen? What do you think? Well, I think they definitely need to draw Poe Dameron or maybe an X-Wing, maybe throw BB-8 in there, something like that. Just that something would... to impress me with Poe Dameron. Yeah. So you heard it. Uh, Jen wants a picture, a drawing, an original fan art drawing of uh, Poe Dameron or an X-Wing or, or BB-8. I love local artists. I love Star Wars artists. I love the everyone's style. And I've seen a lot of uh, art come through my timeline. Who's your favorite character to see Star Wars art on, on Twitter? What do you like seeing? I really like the Porg art. You know, I, I love Poe Dameron and the X-Wings and, and all the other ships and the uh, pilots. But uh, the Porg art lends itself to so many different types of, of styles. You can go funny. You can go realistic. You can go stuffed animals. You can go drawings. I mean, there's just so many things to do with them. And the Art of the Last Jedi book has some wonderful Porg art in it the things that they came up with before they settled on the design that they settled on. Porgs are cute. And um, 
it's really funny. And I also just uh, traded with a friend of mine some physical cards, Star Wars cards, and I traded for a costume relic, and it's from an Ewok, and it's a piece of their ratty, furry costume, and it's hilarious, and I love it, and now I want the rest. I've never been an Ewok fan. I've never, never got into that, but um, after seeing this relic, I have to have the rest of them. Oh, I love the Ewoks from the get-go, uh, you know. Return of the Jedi is uh, obviously one of my favorite of the original trilogies, but uh... I have one Fathier, which I'm I'm really sad that they didn't do more of those, and then the uh, Vulptex from the Last Jedi that would have made some nice plush or just a nice variety of plush. Oh wow! The Fathier I managed to get from the Disney store, and they only had a handful of them in, which is unusual for this area. Usually, they have a lot of stuff in stock, but um. I grabbed, I think there was only six of them there ever, and uh, I grabbed one of them. As far as Star Wars thrifting, you know, we always go into the, we go in the stores and we, um, I know we're always going to find something, but what, uh, what would blow your mind if you, if you found uh, a Star Wars, a particular Star Wars collectible? I know uh, last time I think you were talking, we were talking about the plates, the uh, Hamilton uh, collection plates. Yeah, I see a lot of Gone with the Wind and uh, some other older movie plates. So maybe it's just the area. Maybe people didn't get into them, but that's sort of my holy grail of thrifting. I'd also love to come across the, um, they were, a, it was a figure, and I'm trying to think if it was from the 90s, but it was Luke Skywalker on a motorcycle and Darth Vader on a motorcycle. Like a regular, like an earthly motorcycle? Yes, like an earthly motorcycle. Oh, yeah. And they're just ridiculous, and I can't remember who made, made or who made them or what the name of the product was, but it's it's Luke riding a, a tricked-out motorcycle, and it's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen, but I want it now. Um, they have <laughs> them on eBay. They're not that expensive, but I would it would be so much fun to find one. I'm going to have to look on eBay for that. That reminds me, too, of uh, back in the 70s, the mid-70s, they had... Um, they had the, um, the, the vans It was, yes. a, and they were, uh, they were like star Wars vans. They were decked out. And, um, I, I loved those vans. So you'd have to put it together, obviously, but one of, one of the vans had a, um, you know, like just regular cargo vans, but they had star Wars all over it. And one of them had a little R2D2 dome on top of it. I love those. Oh, that's great. That's really funny. Yeah. The, the stuff that they had back in the seventies is so unsophisticated compared to what they have today. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's I've, just laughable. Yeah, I've got a book with uh, a couple of odd Star Wars items. One of the one of the oddest Star Wars items that I always um that I always think about because it just it's such an odd thing is uh, and I'm sure you've seen it once I say what it is. It's the C3PO tape dispenser. <laughs> yes, yes. It's just the weirdest thing how it dispenses tape. Yeah, there's there's a few things out there where it, obviously this this was probably rushed to market a little too too rushed. <laughs> you know, they talk about the merchandising today of the the new trilogy and all that, and I think they forget that back in the '70s the merchandising was absolutely insane. Um, Star Wars was on everything. And I would say that it's it was on more stuff in the seventies than it is now. Even the prequels, it wasn't it wasn't as as much because it was the first time you really had that kind of merchandising tie in with a movie. You may be right, but uh, although 
the other day I went grocery shopping and and I saw some BB-8 tangerines, so I don't know what. <laughs> I remember in the 70s, there was just toothpaste and candy and band-aids. And I mean, and you could get this stuff, not just when the movies were out, but you could get it, you know, all year. And um, I don't quite see that with some of the the things that we have now for the, like The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens and even Rogue One. They had some stuff, but it wasn't available all the time. I hear that one of your followers uh, called you out and uh, made you go shopping on Amazon. Yes, it was John T. And uh, he tweeted that the um, electronic Poe Dameron helmet was 42% off on Amazon. And boy, did I get over there. Yeah. Now I own one of those. It is, it's really fun. It's amazing. You can put it on and pretend you're in an X-Wing. It makes all sorts of noises unfortunately it doesn't have a speaker that you can speak into but uh you know it's just kind of you just kind of sit there with it and pretend you're in an x-wing it's kind of great that's fantastic who doesn't want to pretend they're in uh, in an x-wing so i wanted to um somebody had mentioned too they uh a new subscriber i uh, let's see ali sims ali k thank you very much for subscribing and downloading our episode on itunes that's fantastic uh he sh- showed me a an emperor peanut um m&m which, uh, <laughs> so yeah there, i mean talking about that i'm looking at the picture now and there's it's uh it's an m&m peanut i think it looks like a christmas decoration for a tree but uh it's uh, the uh, the M and M peanut dressed as the emperor. It's fantastic. Oh, that's great. That's great. Some of that stuff too. It was. It's so seasonal, and if you don't grab it when you see it, eBay is a great place to look for stuff like that. If you do really wide searches, or maybe like Star Wars Christmas or Star Wars M and Ms, and you can find all of this little stuff that you never never even knew existed. And there's a lot out there stuff that you didn't know existed and you're right seasonal items are very uh very cool uh my wife i think last christmas got me a christmas gumball machine that uh, had a little stormtrooper on the bottom turning the gumball mechanism when when he turned to dispense the said gumball oh that's nice that's nice I always miss out on Hallmark because I always kind of forget about it. Um, Hallmark is headquartered here where I live in Kansas City. So we have really well-stocked Hallmark stores. But I always forget they have such an incredible line of Christmas ornaments. And then they have other things like the little uh, plush itty-bitties. You just have to go into a Hallmark store or a a store you wouldn't normally think of going into and look around and just be amazed at what you can find sometimes. Yeah, a lot of stores have exclusives, and I always forget, obviously, living in a big city like Chicago, there I have a lot of followers that uh, don't even live in the States. There are a couple of folks that live in Europe and Germany and, and things like that. Um, I have uh, a uh, contributor, Dark Porkins, who uh, was one of our guests on a previous podcast. I, I guess he always gets jealous when I post things that I find at Target or Walmart uh, he says that uh, a lot of his local stores don't have a lot, and uh, it's it's harder for them to uh, it's harder for them to find stuff in the outer rim. He's in the UK, isn't he? 
Yeah, I think so. Okay, not to not to call him out, but I believe he's in the UK. <laughs> yeah, and they have a whole range of different products as well. Um, it, with the the last time Star Wars Celebration was in London um, was twenty. I want to say twenty. 17 maybe it was 2016 and um there's all the products associated with that that never ever made it across here i ordered a bunch of stuff from a website and had to pay a lot of shipping but um there's just so many things even made in europe you know japan has a lot of star wars items that you just can't find here a friend of mine uh went to japan and brought me back a very small r2d2 which was uh very uh, intricately designed. It was a beautiful figure, a little metallic uh, astromech droid. Um, so yeah, uh, you know the. I guess I guess the pain goes both ways, huh? Yes, it does. Yeah, I've I've ordered some things from Japan. One of the things you have to be careful about is some of the companies in Japan will advertise a product, and you think you're getting a certain thing, but you later find out that that certain thing is only available in their retail stores in Japan, and they will send you mostly what you're getting, but not exactly what you're getting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Specifically talking about um, SH Figure Arts. They have a website. It does have English on it, but it doesn't really explain that the figures you're getting don't have interchangeable arms. You can only get those in Japan. So you have to be a little careful sometimes when there's no English. And uh, again, I want to shout out to everybody, give everybody a shout out who listens and subscribes to our podcast. It's always fun talking to you, Jen, about Star Wars collectibles. Uh, we're going to have another show uh, soon, but we'll get this one up and going. And if you're listening, please subscribe and like and uh, share. Uh, what? Uh, give us some final thoughts, Jen, on Star Wars collecting. What? Uh, what's the best advice that you got that you can pass on to some listeners? Don't be too snobby about what you collect. If you like inexpensive action figures, go for that. If you prefer to have the uh, high-end uh, figures or lightsabers or helmets, go for that. But um, just, you know, open your mind to a, a variety of different things. And that's fantastic advice. Open your mind to fantastic things. And remember, you guys, uh, you Star Wars fans are family to us. We love that you enjoy Star Wars responsibly, and we love that we are family. It makes us who we are. We are collectors. We are Star Wars fans, and we are one. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening to our podcast, and we will see you next time. Jen, take care. You too. Thank you. Thank you.